Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tonight's episode's drink. Muddled blueberries with a splash of soda, a touch of cranberry juice, and a whole ton of gin. And some lime, a splash of lime. Oh, and a little kick of lime. Yes. A dash of bitters. you're listening to the Roaring Twenties. On tonight's episode, we will be going through a list we found online. <laughs> <laughs> but we are. That's actually true. Because it's kind of fun, I think, to see what other people deem to be the most important facets of your 20s. Lessons you should learn, things you might regret not doing, things you might regret doing. It's There's all kinds of lists out there. Like, go on BuzzFeed, you'll find everything. But... Everyone has a different perspective. So we're going to go through one of these lists and give our perspective on it. And because our podcast isn't quite big enough to just call these people up and say, hey, come on the podcast. Um, we just, just have to find what they wrote about these things. We're, we're putting in that extra work for yeah. you guys mm-hmm. to save you time. We're really doing the work. To really just help you get that, as Brooke said, well-rounded perspective. Mm-hmm, that's right. So as far as the list goes. It's 20 things tonight. This could potentially be broken into two episodes. Potentially. Because it is 20 brutal truths all 20-somethings need to hear. And I could barely read that because I'm old as shit now. Should never glasses my eyes and my, my glasses. <laughs> Do you know I keep my iPhone settings at like the lar- extra large stuff? Um, like everything's set to like extra good. large? Because I too am blind. Yeah, that's another thing that goes in your 20s um, along with your metabolism is your eyesight. So be prepared. My metabolism hasn't. Yeah, well, yet. you know what? Fuck it's off. got no I, see i was chubbier in high school so like i'm getting that good karma it. now also like there's a thing <clears throat> with men just being oh, this is about sex now yeah it is about sex now and gender and no g- mm. it's not, but more no, it's about not sex gender anymore it's not gender <clears throat> look at me being old <laughs> yeah um i have blueberries stuck in my mouth right i now. keep doing that too we are drinking i made some cocktails tonight i had some gin left over from a housewarming party and why um, don't we document this for the gram by the way yeah i had some leftover gin from a housewarming party i had here a couple weeks ago um i got some blueberries that go with my yogurt so i was like well, oh, why house- don't i just muddle these party up that i wasn't invited to 
Oh, he reveals himself. Hi. Oh, trapped. You were at NADI. He got trapped. Oh, that's true. You were at NADI. Shh, don't tell them where the fuck I was. Guys, it literally was like Matt and Maya came to visit. And I'm calling it a housewarming party to sound a little cooler. But it was just some friends coming to, coming to visit. You guys saw the house before anybody else did. But I uh, had leftovers, leftover gin, had some blueberries to go with my breakfast. So muddled those, had a lime leftover. So squeeze some lime in there and some club soda, mix that up. We have ourselves a nice little pre-spring well, What drink. are we going to call it? <laughs> well, I want to tie something because like what we have in it is there's like some good antioxidants, mm-hmm. like with the pomegranate, the cranberry, the blueberry. So, but it's also gin. So like, how can we fuse those two together? I would call it the anti-fuckboy tonic. Mm. Is that a thing that's dumb? I don't know. This is why I get John Taffer in here to name it. Listen, you're doing like eight jobs right now. You know what? You're right. So, Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. I am doing like eight jobs I don't right now. I can't be, be cocktail so namer. Yeah. <laughs> On top well. of everything else. I know. God. Life is hard. But yeah, so we're drinking um, these little drinks because they're healthy but we'll fuck you up yeah they're healthy and will also slowly ruin your liver and that's really all we can ask for in life for those of you uh who know producer matt he is not joining us in drinking gin he has a nice tall um, glass of ice water yeah he's um ice water good okay it's great i think it might actually be vodka we got a thumbs up those are my favorite water glasses. look at him he's acting real drunk right now ah that's gin <laughs> Straight gin. <laughs> Straight gin. 16 you, ounces. You should have given him 16 ounces of gin. <laughs> he would have smelled it. Yeah. If you didn't have a sense of smell, you'd be Ooh. fucked. Yeah, dude. <laughs> All right. So, so the 20 brutal truths you need to learn in your 20s or mm-hmm. something along those lines, right? Yeah. Now, we talked about this already. When was this written, though? Ah, 2016. August of 2016. So... So this, this was written by somebody pre-Trump. Wh- so, do you remember those days? First of all, think think back to pre-Trump August 2016. Like we knew that, like okay, Trump's running, he's getting the nomination, right? But yeah. like we were all of the mindset that like he won't win. This isn't gonna happen. Yeah. And it, look at us now, bitches. Four years later, we're in the thick of it. God damn, what a what a time to be alive. Yeah, so some of these we'll probably disagree with because things have really things, changed. Yeah, since. you know, those were innocent times pre-Trump. So let's, you know, we had Obama in office still. Things were good. Yeah, people were on a high. Yeah, okay. we really were. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, let's see what happens. Let's go for a ride. Number one. Number one. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. Nobody fucking cares. Interesting that that was pre-Trump because I would say it's even more true yeah. post-Trump that nobody cares. And nobody cares being in the sense of like, like how they're writing it is you expect people to care about you and care about what you're doing and, and think that you're some beautiful snowflake, but really nobody cares. Like everybody has their own shit. Everyone's wrapped up in themselves and their own lives. They don't have time to care about you. Yeah. They don't have time to care about themselves. Yeah. Nobody cares. I mean, think about it. How many of you listening actually really give a shit about what other people that you know are doing with their lives? You don't at the end of the day. Do you even care what we're doing with our lives? Like, you're listening to us right now, but do you care? No. No, and that's okay. You're just trying not to think about your own misery. Right. We're letting you escape for a couple minutes. Yeah. We care. But you don't care beyond that. And, like, companies don't care about you. No. 
They say they People do, but that's you just work to get with you in. Generally, don't care about you. You'll have friends that do. Friends care about you. Family generally cares about you. There are people that do care. Yeah, but the general. But as, as a wide, you know, a wide outlook, we're looking at it from bird's eye view. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody. No. They don't care about anything. They don't care about global warming. They don't care about curing cancer. They don't care about like what you had for dinner yesterday or what you're posting on Instagram and how many likes you got. Nobody cares. There is silver lining to this though. Because a lot of people, especially now, suffer from anxiety, right? Oh, yeah. And we're always wondering, what's the, what's that person thinking? Or, oh, I, I, I said this thing. Everybody's going to make fun of me or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But remember, nobody actually cares. So it's cool. You think all these people care, but they really don't. Yeah, they don't. So They do not care. Just as much as you want people to care and you're going to be disappointed that they don't, you can be relieved and happy to know that they're not really giving a shit about your anxiety and mm-hmm. you being you. Listen, I listened to one of our podcasts earlier today, mm-hmm. and I said self-reliable instead of self-reliant, and I laughed so hard at myself <laughs> out loud. <laughs> I was like, I'm a moron. Everyone's going to think I'm so stupid. But you know what? Nobody cares, so that's fine. Be more self-reliable. You're yeah. Good. <laughs> Practice self-reliability with self oneself. Self-reliability. Not self-reliance. Self-reliability. You're done. You need another anti-fuckboy cocktail. I don't know. This one might do me pretty good. Really? Yeah, it was like the glass, like three quarters gin. I just did a splash of tonic. Well, okay, we got on a tangent with number one already. Things are wild. So, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Fact. Agreed. Number two. And this is one where I'm going to be on the fence about, Brett. It is, if you're on time, you are late. If you're on time, you're on time. I've learned, especially in the corporate world, 90% of people are late yeah they are they're so late the people who are there early aka quote on time didn't have something else going on before that mm-hmm. so it's not that they're like ahead of the curve they're it, just it less makes busy. it seem like you're not doing anything yeah yeah now i always try to be early mm-hmm. just because i sometimes am late so i want to be early so that if something happens i've created a buffer yeah so gia my best friend is her husband is chronically late. Mm. It's like an ongoing joke. He's always late to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, you know, getting dragged down by mm. him for a while. Mm-hmm. And now she has kind of shed that and is back to being like right on time. She's not early. She's right on time. Oh, so being around him made her more late. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm always like too early. Uh, I need to like calm 20 down. 20 minutes early kind of thing. Yeah, I need to calm down. That's almost too much time. It is. Like, what, what am I doing? That's anxiety. It is. I was like, I get so anxious <laughs> about being late that I leave hella early mm-hmm. and then I'm way too early and then I'm anxious about being so early. But I don't, I don't agree with this one. If you're on time, you're late. If you're on time, you're on time. You're on time. There's a lot of factors at play. Yeah. And I think what it comes down to is knowing what you're up against or who you're up against so you know if it's an interview yeah if you're on time you might be considered late so maybe plan to get there early like but five if it's to like ten a, minutes a friend's dinner like how many people's friends actually have the dinner ready when they say they're no they don't Mm-mm. so if you get there a little late it's fine mm-hmm. and the thing is when you're having like a dinner or something and you tell people to be there at six you expect them to be there at six. You're not going to have the food and appetizers ready before then. So when people come over and things aren't ready, things aren't set mm-hmm. out, you kind of panic. It's like, be on, be on time. I start cooking when people get there. 
Um, it depends on what it is. I'll have several appetizers ready to go. I like to have no appetizers ready there. to go. Uh, dinner is started typically just a few minutes before people start showing up. I really love um, getting everybody involved in the cooking. I don't. I want people to get the fuck out of my way. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because like growing up, there was a lot of us in a small house and it was very much like be very mindful of how many people are in the kitchen at a time. You know, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. But I just love cooking and cooking with people and like a lot of people being around. So, and the other benefit I think with that is if it doesn't turn out great, everybody's at fault. You know what I mean? It's not one person doing it all. And I miss out on the fun if I'm like standing there like cooking for an hour and a half. But you can blame like, oh, Johnny over here fucked up the biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody remembers that. And it's like, remember when Johnny fucked up the biscuits? But see, if I were doing it myself, nothing would be fucked up. And I know that. Well, same. And I think I get the like the get out of my kitchen thing from my mom because it was like four kids and my mom would be making dinner alone. And if we were running around the kitchen, she'd be like, get out of my kitchen. (laughs) So I'm the same way. I'm just like, get out. Mm. My dogs are always underfoot. That's okay. They're cute. But like if my boyfriend wanders in, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Get away. Because like I'll ask him to do something and he'll like half ass do it. So I'm just like, fine, I'll do it all. Sometimes he cooks, though, and it's great. So anyway, whoa, way off topic. Number three. Beautiful transition. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Calling us out for being ramblers. This one, again, I agree with and I don't agree with. And that is you have nothing to prove. You kind of do in certain aspects of your life. You do like in your career, you've got to prove something. Yeah. You got to, you can't just walk in and be like, yeah, get nothing to prove to these fuckers. Like, mm. Cause if you do, you are going to become complacent. You're going to oh, go dry yeah. your job. And mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And you're not going to go very far. There's higher potential for you to be let go or fired. It's not, you, you always have to have something to prove. I think in your career, you always just got to, Even if it's just proving something to yourself, you just you have to have that little bit of drive and motivation. Um, if you don't, I like uh, you, whatever. Uh, enjoy your what's it called? Dead end job. There we go. I almost said end of the road job. Would you when you say something to prove to yourself? I think that's where why I disagree with that because no, I I agree where you don't have anything to prove as far as to the general public of the world. I have nothing to prove about myself right. to them. Yes, right? I agree. Mm-hmm. However, I think everyone has an obligation and an opportunity to prove to themselves that they can do and be something that they never thought they could. Exactly. And that's where I think you really get that, the power of like the mind and the brain, and the soul mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. This is where complacency comes in into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that are complacent feel like they don't have anything to prove even to themselves. They're just good where they're at and like they're done. Uh, you know, I feel like there are more people who are not complacent and are constantly striving to prove something to usually to themselves. Even if it's just like going to the gym, it's like, I, I want to prove to myself I can lift heavier mm-hmm. doing this. Even if it's for two reps, five reps, like there's little things like that. You feel like you know, you have something to prove to yourself. Always. There's always something you can prove to yourself. It's like me spotting that guy at the gym. I just want to prove that I could do it. Yeah, and you did it, and it paid off in eye candy, so. It did. And potentially your future husband. Who knows? We don't know where the world's going to go. Could you imagine? I'll just say. I'm, I'm putting that out into the universe for you. I'm going to take the your energy. hand right now and say thank you, because 
Wow. If that was Your a thing. Your hands are so warm. Oh, my God. Thank you. They're usually really cold. It was really nice. <clears throat> it's the gin. <laughs> <laughs> In the curry, we did have Thai earlier as well. Number four. Number four. Again, number four is one. It's called, I'll just say it. Number four is reading is uh, reading books is extremely important. It's important. Um, I think it's important to read for pleasure and for business. Yes. I prefer to read for pleasure. I like reading The Handmaid's Tale and the Game of Thrones books and anything that gets me out of this world. Mm-hmm. Where like books about business and self-help it just kind of keeps me in reality. And sometimes I'm just like, God damn it. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I'm on the fence with this one because I'll read like one or two books a year. But for me, I'm also like I read probably 20, 30 different art- news articles a day. I read a lot of news, a lot of it. Now, not specifically like, you know, politics or things like that, but just I try to absorb as much yeah, like content general knowledge, of as many yeah. things as possible. Because mm-hmm. for me, I think it's less about, you know, because you know, people think, oh, you know, if you want to be successful, you got to read 20 books a year and you got to do this and this and this. But I think it's more about just becoming the most kind of well-rounded you can be on everything. Mm-hmm. So no matter who you're engaging with or what the topic is, you have enough kind of general insight around yeah. things mm-hmm. to make you know good decisions and talk about things. I agree. I, I think there are people who don't read any books at all for like years at a time. That seems kind of weird to me. Uh, I was married to one of those people. Uh, so, I mean, to each his own, you know, if you don't want to read books cool but it does seem a little odd sounds like one every now and then good (laughs) but whatever whatever that's that's a weird one to pick out like for a brutal truth in your 20s yeah reading i don't know if i'd pick that one the brutal truth i'd pick and we've talked about this before yeah is skincare yes (laughs) that's a brutal truth it literally they don't tell you about skincare is more important and hair care oh my god stop using fucking hair dryers stop using heat number five (laughs) So number five, um, I really do agree with, which is you are a reflection of the five people you spend the most time with. I don't even know if there's five people I hang out with. Yeah, that one I was like, do I even hang out with five people? And I was like, I don't, I don't even know if I know five people. But I look at it as you know, think about the five people you're closest to. Maybe. Yeah. I've definitely learned over the years in different friends groups I've had, in different places I've lived, roommates have had things like that, like who you are around you don't necessarily kind of become them but if you are somebody especially like me who's very susceptible to like people's emotions and energies and things like that like i'll pick up on things and not even realize it right away so if i'm around somebody who's always negative and things like that like i'm gonna start feeling more negative about things in life right it's the company you keep right yeah yeah exactly and i was around people for almost a decade that in hindsight, we're very toxic and bitter and underhanded to each other. And it was like they disguised themselves as your friends, but they were so mean to you. And like I kind of got caught up in that. And then when I removed myself, told it's like a, a overnight change, you know? Mm-hmm. The drama was gone. Mm-hmm. I don't worry. Like I'm genuinely happy for my friends. Whereas when I was surrounded by those people, like they couldn't be happy for anyone. Mm-hmm. And it, so it was difficult for me. I'd always feel like when something good happened for someone, I'd be like, well, what did I do wrong that that didn't happen for me? Where now I'm like, no, that's awesome. Good for them. Yep. I love that person. I want to see them succeed. Yeah. So that is, I think that's true. I think it's true. 
I also hang out with my dogs a lot, and they love to beg for food. Me too. You like food. That's yep. see. No, I, I really do think it, it's important to, and not necessarily like, oh, you know, I don't want you to take away this as being like, oh, let me think about the five people I spend the most time with and really like psychoanalyze them, but more like be mindful of who you interact with and who you have in your life because they make an impact on you whether you realize it or not. I think even more than that is be aware of how the people around make you feel mm-hmm. because that energy that you're feeling, you're going to put back out into the world mm-hmm. most likely. Mm-hmm. So if you're around people that make you feel good, you're going to put out good vibes to everyone else and people are going to feed off that. But if you're around negative people and you're upset, that comes out one way or another. Why do you think there's so much turnover in the white house? <sighs> yeah. Who wants to be there? A lot of negative vibes. So I think it's important to be conscious of when you feel good and like what you're doing and who you're with during those times because those are the people you want to surround yourselves with so if you find that the five people you're around the most aren't making you feel your best maybe it's time to reevaluate who you're hanging out with and i will say like my boyfriend hangs out with me all the time and he seems much funnier these days so i'm happy for him see yeah and think (laughs) about that too you can make a positive impact in someone Mm -hmm. else's life he would kill me if he heard me say that. <laughs> He'd be like, you're not even funny. I'd be like, I know. I'm sorry. Well, that brings us to number six. Number six. To tail off that, uh, you are your most valuable asset. I think your attitude is your most valuable asset ever because that dictates everything else. It's all about your attitude. I think money is your most valuable asset because that's going to tell you what kind of fucking life you're going to have. Listen, I'd have a really good attitude if I made more money. Say, but no, (laughs) no, that, I mean, that really doesn't help everything, but it is. No, I think it is attitude because it's really, it's how you look at things. It's your perspective Mm -hmm. and what perspective you put on the world on yourself and everything in your life is going to dictate what your life is, what you do, who you're around, things like that. So, which ties back into what we just talked about in number five with who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. If I'm constantly putting myself in a negative space, I'm going to have a negative attitude and a negative perspective, and I'm going to have an outlook on life that's negative. And you're going to attract negativity. Mm -hmm. So nothing's going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, me too. I was in that cycle for a very long time, and I'm very glad I'm out of it. Um, So yeah, for me... Your attitude is your most important asset, which I guess lends itself to agree with that sentiment that you are your most important asset. Because listen, you got to take care of number one. Mm-hmm. If you're not taking care of number one, you're not going to be able to effectively take care of anything else. That's why, like, you see all these parents who are like putting their kids first and killing themselves. So you got to remember, like, yes, your children are your number one priority, but you have to remember that if you aren't at your best, your kids can't be. You, your kids can't be either. Um, and that goes for like work was literally having that conversation with a friend yesterday everything. Mm-hmm. about, you know, they're having, they are having a tough time in their marriage right now. They've been with a person for several years. They just got married um, within the last few years though. And they're having a tough time where the problems that they're having right now in their marriage, they've had the whole time. Right. Yeah. And they were under the impression that, you know, maybe if we get married, we do all this stuff that this, my spouse says they always wanted in their life you know Mm-mm. these things might change maybe that's yep. why they're being this way it never happens that never and they're realizing works. exactly they realize that's not the case because who so, 
and what happens is they're putting all this effort into someone hoping to get something in return, but that's just not what it's going to be. And so they're looking at, you know, what's best for me right now. And I said to them, like, you know, you have kids, you have a whole life ahead of you. I understand you put a lot of time into this relationship and things like that. But like, if you aren't good with yourself and you're continuing to get more and more depressed and lose yourself, you're going to lose all that. Oh yeah. So, so like you have to put yourself first. I said, cause especially having kids, like they're looking at, they're paying attention to you no matter you're what setting age them up they for are. failure. Yeah, exactly. You're setting everyone up for failure. You, your spouse, your children, everyone's set up for failure in that situation. Yeah. And I know we have had conversations where like, Oh, you know, you change so much in your twenties and you do, but there are plenty of people that fundamentally at their core are the way that they are and they're not going to change. Mm-hmm. I've said before, there's just a certain, there's certain people out there that like hit a ceiling and don't grow beyond a certain point. Yep. And that is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But for people that do continue to grow, that's never really going to work. Yep. And there are a lot of mismatches like that in life. And you need to recognize it early because a marriage isn't going to save it. Children aren't going to save it. You know, a move across country, a job change. Nothing's going to save that. No. If that person isn't going to change and you're not going to change to meet them at that level, just end it. Yeah. End it. And it's like, and we've talked about this on previous episodes where, you know, if you're not good for yourself, you can't be good for anybody else. Mm-hmm. So you really are your most important asset in your life. You know, especially for relationships, even more, you know, for careers, for like anything you want, mm-hmm. like you got to look at yourself and think about what you want. Yep, exactly. And hold your fucking self accountable. Oh my God, please, please. And hold others accountable, damn it. That's a big problem I've had in, in a past relationship was accountability. If you cannot own your mistakes and your shit, I like, I don't know. I don't know what you expect out of life. I really don't. Maybe you don't even know what you expect at that point. It's like they expect nothing. Yeah. There's a victim complex there. Yep. There's a superiority complex. Yep. Like you just want to coast with zero consequences. But everyone else can, you know, take the blame mm-hmm. for shit that you've done. Mm-hmm. Can't do no. that. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You're responsible for your own You're gonna life. You're going to end up alone. That's right. You ready for number seven? I am. I'm ready for number seven. This one is, uh, unless you master money... <laughs> Money will master you. I thought you were going to say, unless you masturbate. Yeah. I was like, whoa, where's this going? Money will master you. I think in your 20s, I'm going to tell you straight up, in your 20s, money is going to master you. Yeah. You are not going to master your money in your 20s. We don't make enough in society. We weren't really set up for success in Mm -hmm. that. No, we were not. No, no, no. But um, what I will say in where I agree with it is to be mindful of what money you have and where it's going. We have so much social media influence and seeing all these people in exotic places and always eating out and doing all these fancy things, but that costs a lot of fucking money. And you don't know what kind of debt those people are getting themselves into doing that. Let me tell you something. I was out in the city last weekend at a bar with friends and we overheard some people at the bar talking and there was a gentleman, they were talking about how much credit card debt they had. And this dude was bragging like, oh, you know, I have three maxed out credit cards. I'm about $70,000 in credit card debt. He was 27 with $60,000 in credit card debt. But he's like, 
he's like i can make my minimum payments though so it's fine and like i've got to do all this really cool stuff so like it's whatever but like no like he's fucked you know what i mean like you have that much credit card debt yeah you went on some cool vacations but you're also making it a lot harder for yourself to get ahead long term so that's where i would say be mindful of those trips you take it's absolutely cool to like go on those adventures but you know, don't try to hit five in a year and well, that's do all I'm, this crazy I'm shit. I'm saying in your 20s, money is going to master you yeah. because you're so influential in your 20s that, like, you like you want to keep up with the Joneses. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I feel absolutely. like it's especially bad in your 20s. Like, yeah. You want to do what everyone else is doing. Which is very American and, culture, too. Oh, yeah. And if you're like, you're not getting married and you're not buying a house, you're not going on these dope vacations, you feel like you're being left behind. And I say that because I have felt that way. And it's like, just that's money if you don't have it it's fine you can do it later in life like relax also i'm still just so stuck on the fact that you knew so much about that man just sitting in a bar in the city you knew he's 27 do people watch i listen for about 10 15 minutes yeah i mean i eavesdrop all the time in public like i can't help myself but i'm surprised i was really that's good i'm proud of you you can learn a lot about people if you just shut up and listen oh yeah i know it's great <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number eight. Number eight. Achievement is fleeting. <laughs> this is bleak. This I mean, list is bleak. They say that raise isn't going to make you happy. The promotion doesn't make you feel fulfilled. A job switch won't change your half-hearted attitude about working in a cubicle. I mean, some of that is true. But there is a sense of accomplishment when you get a promotion or a raise. And you should take that moment to feel proud of yourself. Because if you're getting that, it's for a reason. And you should be proud. And yeah. enjoy it because it will like it does go away. It is fleeting in the sense that it goes away. The tough work's going to start again. You know, you're going to have to sift through some shit down the line all over again, just like you did to get this promotion. Yeah. So but like enjoy it when it happens. Like don't sell yourself short just because, you know, in a few hours and a few days and a few weeks, it's not like it's not going to feel quite as good. Yeah, and if you're always looking for achievement or praise or things like that, it is going to be that quick fleeting thing. Just like, just like somebody who you know wants to go buy something to get that quick instant gratification. Well, that I think it's hard to tell. Is it like reassurance is fleeting? If you need constant reassurance, mm-hmm. constant affirmation, like that is fleeting. You're going to need it again in five minutes. But when you accomplish something, like you genuinely accomplish something, like no one can take that from you. No. What where I think the like the whole idea of like achievement is fleeting, you know, like you said, you get to that you get that promotion, it feels good, but that goes away after a while because that more hard work comes in. Yep. Whatever you, it gain. gets harder. The more you achieve, the harder it gets, and that's just the name of the game. You can't do, you know, you can't run a mile and achieve that, and then expect two miles to be just as easy. Like you're gonna have to slog through that for a yeah. while until you reach it, and then it's gonna be tough again getting to three. You know what I mean? Like it's. That's what it, it wouldn't be an achievement if it wasn't hard to get there. Yeah. What you should look more at achievement as like more of like a measurement and a benchmark, mm-hmm. like to say, you know, you set yourself these goals in life and you're trying to reach They're them. Goal you hit achievements. Bingo. You're like, all right, I hit this, this milestone. Mm-hmm. What's Keep next? Going. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And to help motivate you. Mm-hmm. So it should be more of a motivator than something as a, as a goal. I mean, if achievements felt good all of the time, why would we have any incentive to go to the next? Yeah, exactly. So you wouldn't. I think that's kind of a confusing statement for this list to make, but um, that might be one they threw in just to get to that twenty number because it looked yeah, better for the article headline, right? Instead of nineteen. Thanks, BuzzFeed. This isn't BuzzFeed it's though, but BuzzFeed. they started that shit. Okay, 
Number nine. I disagree with this. There's no such thing as failure. I hate this one. This is the too. one I first saw on the list, and I was like, shit. I do not agree with this. Failure is uh, real. This is pre. This is pre-Trump. This is that was a different world. We thought we could do anything. Uh, Look at that. Woo! Woo! We have learned, honey. We have learned. Yeah, that's somebody who failure is that so real for too many years. Yeah, we can't. We don't have to do talk it. about this one, guys. You will fail. Like there's, it's just gonna you happen. will. You're absolutely just going to fail. Don't give up when you do it. You're going to fail big. You're going to fail small, and that's the way of life. You're going to do that for literally the rest of your life. It's not going to just happen in your 20s. You're going to fail in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s till you die. You're gonna fail at things. Oh well, that's the human experience. Bingo. Live and learn. Keep it moving. That was dumb. That was so dumb. That irritates me. Number ten. Number ten. It's all about who you know. <laughs> this your is, network is your net worth. This is true. Hundred percent. I never believed it when I was like in high school. Like, oh, it's all about who you know. I was like, that's stupid. Like anyone can do anything because I was young and dumb. Uh, but it is about who you know. That is so important. Like you see people achieving things in life are going to be able to, they're doing things that you want to be able to do and you can't do them, but they're only doing it because they know someone mm-hmm. that you don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Networking is so important. I really didn't want to believe it when I was younger, but I have seen it come out tenfold in my late twenties, especially yep. that who, you know, can make the difference in almost any facet of your life. Yeah. I mean, from as simple things as, you know, knowing somebody who works at a bank that can help get you a good rate on a loan. Knowing or, someone who works at Sephora and can get you a motherfucking discount. Yeah, like literally anything like that. Yeah. It's all about your network and don't be ashamed of growing your network and utilizing your network. Because they're y- going to utilize you. And listen, like your friends are going to have talents or they're going to have friends that mm-hmm. have talents. Don't be afraid to reach out to those people That's and make use of those talents. Yeah. Like if your friend is a photographer... Go get your photos done for cheap or potentially for free. Yeah. If your friend produces podcasts, go start a podcast. Yeah. And make him record it and edit it and post it and all of these things. Damn right. Yes. That's what the network is for. Yeah. That's that's what we do. Like, you know, it is all about who you know. I agree with that one. It really is. Also, because I'm picking at my gel nails right now. Your friends might know some really good nail techs. They might know a perfect spot to go get your nails did mm-hmm. that'll last longer than two weeks. Because mm-hmm. this shit sure is fucked in. So grow your network. Know your network. Use your network. Talk to people. From a career perspective, if you don't have one, make yourself. I know it's stupid, but LinkedIn. do it. Make a LinkedIn. You and have to. Get yourself 500 plus connections. Yep. You just need it. Yep, you I've been do. working on that shit for years. I hated LinkedIn for the longest time. And like in the past year, I really embraced it. And make some business cards. I don't know. I hate business cards. I think it's such a waste. Yeah, don't make business trees. cards. But get get a LinkedIn. You can share get digital your, business cards now, which is pretty cool. I don't know what the fuck that is. You get like a graphic made, and you can have it on your phone, and you can send it to people on their phone, so they have your number and they have your business card instead of handing out physical cards. Do I need an app for that. Save trees. No. What? Can I just send somebody my contact card, and that basically be it? I mean, you could. But you can get like a bit a digital business card that looks pr- really cool and cute, like my profile photo on my LinkedIn. No, nobody wants that. They want they want something that's going to explain what you do and how you can benefit them. 
That's what my LinkedIn is. It's a little no. picture with like connectors. I connect things. Oh, yeah. I've really thought about You're it. You're a connector. Yeah. Andrew Welch, connector. Bingo. <laughs> Influencer, connector. Influencer, <laughs> connector. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. Where are yeah. we at? That was number 10. That was number 10. Holy shit. Okay. Well, that concludes the first half of your list. Yeah, because we made this a two-parter. Yep. This, we can do that. You got to keep listening. We have to get control the of our end. fucking lives and yes. we're doing it. It's all about who you know. So you want to. We're putting ourselves first. That's right. You want to hear part two? You fucking tune in in two weeks, bitch. Bitch. Love you. Gonna die, bitch. Whoa. <laughs> Dark. Rick and Morty. listening to the Geekscape Network.